1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Is on a Ramona?
3: Brown uh, sauce. Yeah, agree. Busy is gone. Uh, busy I agree. Drinks is gone. What?
1: Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Astetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. We have got a jam-packed show for you this week. We've got a lot to talk about. Premier League fixtures are out. Spurs have a new signing in the bank. And we are going to open up the mailbag and answer some of your questions as well. I've got uh, some of my friends here along with me to help me dive through all of these Spurs-related content. We'll start by throwing it out to Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on, my friend?
3: Not much, man. Hanging out. Finding ways to stay entertained during the transfer window slash season, which, again, is always a great time, right? But um, yeah, plenty to talk about.
1: Yeah, there sure is. And luckily, Spurs have given us plenty to talk about in this transfer window and done it early. Uh, we've also got Dakota. He is at Dakota J Booth. Dak, what's going on, my friend?
0: Uh, you know, shout out to all of the people who put mail into our mailbag. Yes. You know, it's always, it's always kind of a risk saying, Hey, send us stuff because maybe we'll get crickets, but we didn't. So thank you listener for sending in your mail.
1: Yeah. I was fully expecting to open it up and, and just have moths fly out, but, um, instead I almost got a paper cut from all the mail in there. It was, it was kind of great. Um, I, I will take that every time. So yes, appreciate them uh all doing that. Caroline is also with us at CG Stefco on Twitter. Caroline, what's up?
2: Hey, I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to the mailbag too because I know we got some really interesting questions this time. Um and frankly, we need some uh, some fun because we're in that period where most of the international football is over and we're just kind of waiting around watching our American leagues. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's weird like, you know, the US played a game this week down in uh, El Salvador, right? And it was like uh, do I care about this game? It's a, it's a, it's technically a game that means something, but like not really, and it was played on a soggy pitch that was just uh, it was weird. It was it the, the whole international football feel is very strange. And then we had the the announcement of the the host cities this week for the World Cup uh for 2026, which uh, brought great disappointment to my life as a as a big uh, as a Baltimore native because uh, the Baltimore DC bid was shut down. And so there's a little bit of international soccer flair still in the ether. But I think transfer window is is kind of what we're all focused on now. And as we ramp up to another, really, it's only another like two, three weeks here before the preseason really starts to ramp up. It's it's coming up quick, um, which is wild to think about because it doesn't feel like we're that far removed from the season. But um. You know with the with the release of the fixture schedule it kind of feels like we are officially into next season now it kind of feels like last season is done and dusted and we can actually kind of start to look ahead we have a an actual calendar to look at and that's what we're going to get into because the premier league fixtures were announced this week and um much to the i guess surprise of all of us because we we knew that the World Cup was happening this winter, but we also it, it was also kind of still jarring to see only two Premier League fixtures in November and two in December. And we're thinking, Wow, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a light load for us. And then we remember, oh no, there's a there's a freaking World Cup happening. So that's the, you know, that's the wild part too. Um, Scott, what was your initial reaction on the fixture schedule? And and obviously seeing that big gap in the middle of the winter rather than the, the heavy fixture load that we typically get around December.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, um, we are, you know, we obviously you know this and we all knew it was coming, right, for sure. But I think it'll be interesting. And I say that because Spurs have you know, kind of historically been a team that really either barrels through pressure at that point in the year or stumbles pretty significantly, right? And more often than not, it's the latter. So I think it might be a, a unique opportunity for us to use maybe some early momentum to rest some of our guys who don't go to the World Cup. Um, you know, even those guys who do just to get like a mental refresher from the Premier League season, right? And go play something a little bit more, um, that seems like an event and something that's like, I think so, like, spiritually refreshing for those guys, right? Or, or gals or whoever it is to go play in the World Cup. So yeah, I think it might actually benefit us in a world way, in a weird way. Um, and shit, for all the weird shit that happens to Tottenham, like, it would make <laughs> sense that this benefits us, right? such a strange thing happening. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: So it, the the season opens August 6th with a home match against Southampton, Dakota, and then it's a quick turnaround to go to Stanford bridge and face Chelsea. Um, that's the, the, the first big six matchup is that, is that trip to Chelsea. And then, you know, when you look at the tail end of the season, that final month, no matches against big six clubs. They do play Liverpool at the end of April, but four matches in May with no big six clubs in there.
0: Uh, you love to see it, right? Get tested early on, and um, then you have a really good run-in to you know pull away if we find ourselves near the top of the table, or to close the gap if we find ourselves needing to do that. Um, it's really funny, you know. People talk about how do you look at the fixture fixture list when it's released, and for me today, I looked at the first match. Who are we playing? I looked. Uh, for the game at around my birthday, um, <laughs> which is gonna be Leicester City the day after at home. I, I think that's right. Um, and then when's the first North London Derby before yep. you know the first half of the season, And then who are we playing on Boxing Day? And I went and saw the boxing day matchup and I was like, oh there's only there's only two matches in December. Oh, there's only two matches in November. Man our guys are going to have so much time to get rested. And I was like, oh, wait, there's a World Cup in between these. Yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, honestly, if you look at our our roster at the moment, there's not too many guys that are going to play in this World Cup. So it might be one of those things where Scott just said it might be an advantage to us because City is sending probably most of their squad. Liverpool is going to send most of their squad. Chelsea is similar. So in the top four, we might be coming out, you know, rested and rejuvenated and ready to hit the ground running come boxing day and and the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about this off the top of my head. Obviously you've got Kane and obviously you've got son that will, that will be gone. Um, off off Benton Kerr, Benton Kerr, perhaps, um, Hugo, Hugo, Hugo. Uh, obviously I think there's a lot of conversation around Eric, Eric Dyer as well, perhaps maybe eventually getting a call up for England, but, but who knows? Um, and then we haven't even accounted for for any potential signings uh, that would happen either. But, um, you know, it's funny. You look at no- that November, December schedule that you mentioned, and there's only two Premier League fixtures in each month. But then you look at October and April and boy, have they really packed them in. There are six Premier League fixtures in the month of April and the month of October, Caroline, is where we really have to talk about. Because I went and looked today and did a little math <laughs> Um, this is what the month of October looked like for Spurs. Uh, they play Arsenal uh, in the first on the 1st of October away. That is the first North London derby. Uh, then uh, the 4th, 5th of, of October is uh, Champions League Match Day 3. Then the 8th of October is Brighton away. Then the 11th, 12th is Champions League Match Day 4. The 15th is Everton home. The 19th is Manchester United away. Newcastle at home on the 22nd. Then another Champions League match day. The 5th of those on the 25th, 26th. Bournemouth away on the 29th. And then right after October ends, you get November 1st. Second is another champions league match day. That's the final one before the break. That's 10 matches essentially in the span of like a month. Um, followed by right after that, they get the November 5th match against Liverpool. So that's like 12 matches over the span of six weeks for Tottenham Hotspur because of the champions league fixtures thrown in there. Um, yikes is, I guess my word for that, like hold on to your butts. If I could quote Samuel L. Jackson, what what's your reaction to that? Because that is a, that is a stretch.
2: It's, it's a good time to be a fan because we've got lots of Spurs games to watch. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably going to be pretty brutal for the players. I guess the one comfort there is that the rest of our, you know, top four teams are going to be going through the same thing. So it's not just us. But I mean, overall, looking at the schedule last year, this time I was thinking, gosh, this is a difficult schedule. There were a lot of like really tricky parts of the calendar. And this year I'm feeling like it's a lot more balanced overall. Um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think the one uh, stretch that I kind of zeroed in on as being another difficult time is the month of February. Uh, we have, you know, two London derbies towards the end. Manchester City at home to start the month and Leicester which you never know with Leicester they're kind of a wild card (laughs) so
1: well and not to mention that if Spurs are able to progress out of the Champions League group stage um, the month of February includes the the knockout rounds the round of 16 uh, would be played uh, February 14th 15th and then the second legs the 21st and 22nd so you throw those into the into the the blender as well Um, going back to that October though it's funny like you're right. It's spread out, but you still of those 12 matches in about six weeks that I brought up included in those are trips to Arsenal, uh, and Manchester United, a home match against Liverpool, and then three champions league fixtures. Like you, you can't really take those lightly. They're all going to be against good teams. We know that they're in the champions league for a reason. So that is like a real meat grinder portion of the season. And to me, it just says, Hey, you know what's out there in front of you. You better go build a team to play in it. And that's obviously the the task for uh, for parapaci this this summer and and for daniel levy to to open up the checkbook and start doing some things. and um it just these guys all know what's in front of them. it's it's just a matter of going and doing it now um and kind of <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, it's very hold on to your butts when you you, you know you can look at the premier League sch- schedule and say, oh, that's nice. But then you factor in Champions League, you factor in cup matches that will eventually come. I haven't looked actually at the what what kind of adjustments, if any, they're doing to the League Cup schedule and the the FA Cup um, because of the World Cup. I'm sure there will be some adjustment, Um, but that's not something that I'm even that's not even on my brain yet because of everything that came out this week. We, we, we talk transfers now, and we kind of shift the conversation to the transfer that, that was confirmed this week of Yves Bissouma. Um, this is going to be a different conversation, I think, than than most people are, are hearing this week coming out of London and places elsewhere. Um, this is a really awkward, awkward signing for, for Tottenham Hotspur to make in this moment. Um, and I don't use the word awkward lightly. I use it in a, in a sense that it's... Um, it's a little painful and it's a little um uncomfortable to talk about. Um everybody kind of knows what's gone on with Basuma his um his legal issues, I guess we can we can call them. Um and I think that the strangest thing that I have noticed over the last week with all of this is the idea that this is not being spoken about outside of the United States as something that is uncomfortable and something that is um, maybe going to be looked down upon but here it's really being discussed in that way and there's a lot of reasons for that there are legal reasons for that there are you know laws in place and we don't really have um we we don't really have anything stopping us from from saying how uncomfortable this, this makes all of us and i think there were a few really nice pieces written this week here in the states one of them uh by dustin george miller over at cartilage free captain um, talking about uh, how the club must find a way to reassure supporters about the Basuma signing or walk away from it. Obviously, that kind of puts them in, a, in an impossible position. There's no way they can do that, um, and there's also no way they walked away from it. Um, uh, there was also a really good thread uh, put out by uh, Joel Wertheimer, the former uh, Obama uh, administration employee who, who was a Spurs fan who who talk, talked about Kind of compared this a little bit to the Cleveland Browns in the NFL signing Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, um, and how skeptical we should all be about it. It's a good thread; you should go look that up. Um, It's it's uncomfortable, and I I I feel uncomfortable rambling about it any longer. So I'm just going to pass the baton. Um, You know who who wants to take this from me and and talk about their feelings about this signing? Because obviously, I think we all know that the on the field signing is probably a really good one but the off the field is is way more important uh to all of us and and the part that we really need to discuss
3: yeah man i can jump in i think it's no stranger to you guys or you guys are sorry you guys are no stranger to this right it's it's no secret to you guys that i'm pretty disappointed in the club and i'm pretty upset about us signing him and i think that um you know i don't mind sharing with the listeners as to why that is, but I, but I think ultimately I don't want to, um, and I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully here. Right. But I, I don't want to, um, judge ease of as a person, right. I don't have any details. I think I have none. I think I can pass prejudgment based on things that I hear. And I, and I try very hard not to do that. Um, my concern comes from, the fact that Tottenham was willing to take a, this sort of chance on this sort of thing, um, it's very disappointing to me. Like I said, I think regardless of of what anyone can hear or can't hear or, you know, will eventually hear, I'm not sure. We, we've talked about the nuances between the conversations here and there as to why that maybe is, you know, as much as we can. But ultimately the fact that, there is zero factual evidence resolving him of the charge. It leaves me to have no opinion other than we should not be signing that type of person to a professional contract. And I think, regardless of the details of the incident, again, I'm not judging this person as a human being. I've never met him, and I have I have no knowledge of his character. Um, I'm not prejudging or or passing you know any judgment towards Yusuf Suma, but the situation tells me that until there's factual evidence completely resolving him that you can that you can bring forth to the fans there's absolutely no way you can bring that person into a professional contract with the club so i'm disappointed i think i'll end by saying you guys know this but i'll share with the listeners that it has really disrupted the the momentum around the club for me right i was very excited and i'm having a hard time being excited about anything that's going on at Tottenham right now because of this. And I think I'm going to struggle to support the team when he's on the field. So um, it's been, it's been a weird couple of days. Right. Um, and uh, um, again, you know, things pass and it is what it is. And ultimately I can't make a decision for the club, but um, you know, and, and he will come and go and Tottenham will be there. And I think that's maybe why it's hitting me so hard is, I've always been able to say that, but this is a a decision that my club made that I'm very disappointed in. And um, that club doesn't go away, right? Like a player does. So it's it's a weird deal.
2: Yeah, I have to say, I have a similar feeling to you, Scott, in that if or when he is signed, I'm going to find it difficult to really get behind him as an individual playing on the pitch um, until we know for certain that he was not, you know, involved in this incident. Um, But even putting aside my personal feelings, which I think are still important to talk about as a fan base, uh, because there's a lot of people who probably are feeling a little, I I guess I'll just say betrayed by the club by this matter, um, or just flat out disappointed, you know, because of personal history that they might have. Um, But just from a pragmatic point of view, even I feel like it's it's a strange move from the club based on what we've already been doing this transfer window, because I I was under the impression that the club was really gearing up for this like win now season mentality um, with the transfers that they've been making. And to me, this is a move that is just such an unnecessary risk. Um, It's like, why would you even. Entertain the possibility of signing a player that could not be able to play for you, you know, at all this season. It just doesn't make sense from that point of view either. So I, I agree that it's it's disappointing to me and I don't know, it kind of puts in perspective like that being a fan of a team is a complicated thing, and you can't always, be in agreement with your club 100% of the time. There are gonna be things that make it difficult for you to support them. Um, I'm just hoping we can get a positive resolution here, but it could be a long time coming.
0: Yeah, I'll. Um, this has been just so heavy for me um, for the last several days. Because from a footballing standpoint, it's an incredible move. An absolutely incredible move. $25 million, goes up to, I think, maybe forty, Paid over the length of his contract. So, it, again, incredible business from Daniel Levy in a footballing sense. But it does come with this, this baggage. Um, and that's really, really difficult. Um, I think... For, for me, I've been trying to find out as much information about this as I can to figure out how am I supposed to actually feel about this. And it's not all of the information that I've changed that I found out has not made this any easier. Like keeping in mind, this is this is an, a, a sexual assault allegation and not rape or anything like that. it could be as simple as he kissed the girl on the cheek and she didn't want that to happen, or it could be bigger than that. We don't know. Um, I Even he's been released, um, you know, still under investigation, but the other party is still released on bail, which is kind of difficult to do at this point in the UK from what I understand. Um, the fact that we went in for him in January and then, pulled out because of this situation. And now we've gone back kind of leads me to believe, okay, the club has done some sort of due diligence to feel good about the fact that he's at least not going to go to jail, you know, at minimum, at maximum, they're confident that he did had no part in this. And none of that has made me feel any better about this. And it's, I, I I am really struggling with it and I'm not going to buy a shirt. I've been a fan of his football for a really, really long time, and I've wanted us to sign him you know, for three, four years. I'm not going to buy a shirt. I'm not going to sing any chant that comes on. I don't think anyone should. And it's almost like a lose-lose situation, not just really for the club, but for Eves himself. Um, because the, pol- the, the police are not in the business of proving people innocent. They're in the business of proving people guilty. So if they find some sort of evidence that he had nothing to do with this and he was just being held as a key witness, which is what kind of been thrown around, we're never going to know that because that's not the job of the police. So there's not going to be a resolution. There's not going to be any evidence or anything said of he was definitely innocent because that is not the job of the people who are investigating this. And that makes it really, really difficult so it, it, no, nothing has made me feel better about this. However, I am again, blindly trusting and that's dumb to do, but it's what I'm kind of doing because I want to believe it that the people who are in charge who've made this decision, have done their job and they have done it well and they are comfortable with it. And after that, kind of like Scott says with, with transfers, like it's not my money, like it's not, <laughs> this is not my job to yeah. do. I have my own feelings about it. I and after that, it's kind of not up to me anymore. I,
1: I think it's I think it's really important to to talk about this as a cloud. Like there's a cloud of we don't there's a cloud and we we you can't see through a cloud through a thick cloud and and we don't know what's beyond that cloud. Um, I, I'm gonna pull this directly from from the thread I mentioned earlier from from Joel Wertheimer. Um, while it definitely isn't true that only, or while it definitely, while it is definitely true that only a small number of sexual assault uh, accusations are false, it's also true that at least in the United States, black men are three and a half times as likely to be wrongfully convicted for a sexual assault than a white man. Um, I think that's also a really important factor in this. And I'm not saying that, that these statistics would compare directly with, between the U S and England. um, But I don't think they would be that far off either. Um, So I, I, I think, i'm i'm just i'm skeptical of everything here and and i think it goes to your point earlier scott as you're not passing judgment on basuma himself you're passing judgment on the entire situation there's a cloud around. well
3: yeah thank you and i'm i'm more than anything passing judgment on ton potsford and that's what hurts i think so much because i i i got i will say you know i i i think dakota's correct i think the club has done their homework now my issue and and i'll i i do not mind telling the listeners i i, I wrote a, a letter to the club and happy to share it with anybody who's interested but my my concern stems from one very specific thing and first of all um you know i would never expect anyone to share my opinion i hope you do on these things right and i don't mean you guys i mean the void of listeners right but violence against women has to end and there is optics around this, right? And the club is choosing to put on-field performance ahead of optics that are very important to the progression of women in society. Like, and that's what pisses me off and hurts me so much. Is the club is saying, "I get it. It doesn't look good, but he's really good, and this is a good deal, and we have a lot of momentum with Conte. Like, we'll figure it out. Get him in, and we'll 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 figure it out with the fans." Like, no, that is not something that I stand for. And I just find it absolutely unacceptable. So I don't even really care. And I'm not coming at Dakota's point. I think it's a good point. But like, I don't really care if the club's done their due diligence. Like until you can literally prove to me that he did nothing of this sort, I do not want him at the club. And I just don't understand like why the club was willing to put football and winning trophies ahead of what's right. Because I did not think that was a club that I supported is ultimately what hurts me so much
0: so from again from my perspective and i've been in such two minds about this i feel like i'm uh like i'm the angel and the devil on my same shoulder like and there is always a comeback from both sides about this and so scott i've had those same thoughts and then my next thought is well i don't know what's going on i don't Mm -hmm. know that they haven't got that information but they can't share it because of the way the laws work yeah, over there. Yeah, and that, and, yeah. and then you, you, know, would, and you the, would
1: hope that that's the case almost. right exactly and then, there, so. and,
0: and then that's the comeback from the other side is well you don't know that they have so it's just like it's this never-ending mm-hmm. back and forth of you don't know well and, and unfortunately the end of that conversation is and you probably never will
3: that in and, and that that makes it hard and i think it it is important to point out andrews points right like you know equity and equality for black people is extremely important to me ending violent violence against women is extremely important to me like these two things are balanced and nuanced in this situation right like that's why i say i pass no judgment on this man like he could very well have been wrongly accused it is a very real thing that black men are wrongly accused of this way more often than white men. Andrew just read a stat, right? It's a real stat. You can find it for yourself. Well, you, you can
1: look at, you can look at a stat or you can just go to your common sense and know, seriously, that like just well. like
3: open like, your I, yes. eyes and, and be self-reflective as a white person. If you are one, right. Or, 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 you know, if, if you're not, if you are a person of color, you don't need to be self-reflective. You live this and I'm sorry for that. Right. But ultimately it is very nuanced and I do not want to pass judgment and ease of suma because of that all I want is the club to not sign this man until they can legally tell me that he did nothing. Like, so if it needs to be in six months or in another summer, like that's fine. But I just need to know that before you bring him to my club. And it's like really hard that I don't, um, it's just, I don't, it's unacceptable to me and I'll never change my mind on that.
1: I, I, I can also tell you this, if the club had gone out um, last season and signed Cristiano Ronaldo, I would have been saying all of these same exact for things. sure. Because 1, I, I'm I'm still baffled at the people who praise Cristiano Ronaldo. Look, Cristiano Ronaldo is a, an outstanding football player. Don't get me wrong. But he has had, and I'm not trying to compare these two players, don't get me wrong, on the field or off the field. These are two totally separate incidents. But Cristiano Ronaldo has had similar clouds of accusations against him, as we know. Um, and, and I'm still baffled every day to find out that not a lot of people do know because it's been well-publicized, but people just look at what they want to look at sometimes. And unfortunately, I feel like much of the Spurs fandom is just doing that with this case as well. They're just looking at a a young, good football player that they want to see on the pitch for Tottenham Hotspur, and they're not looking at this side of it, which I think is extremely important to do. Um, if, if the club had signed Cristiano Ronaldo, I would have been feeling the same conflicted, um, uncomfortable kind of sickened nature by, by, by assigning like that. And obviously Cristiano Ronaldo as a footballer is in a different class than, than he's Basuma. So um, it's none of it is. And, and I also think it's important to note that we don't, we don't know the, the intense, we, we know as much as these players, all players, you know, whether we're talking about Harry Kane or Eric Dyer or Min son, we know as much as they share um we don't know if any of them are truly great people they, they might some of them might not be we 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 don't really know them on a personal level so we know what they share with us until something like this comes to light so you know we we look up to these these players and we we celebrate them on the pitch for their accomplishments and because they play for 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 the club that we support um but we don't know anything about these people and something like this can come about at any time. And I think it's, it's just important to, to recognize that, but when it does, we have to talk about it. And that's kind of what we're at least attempting, I think, to do here.
2: Yeah. And I think it, it is right to bring up Cristiano Ronaldo, not because their cases are in any way similar, but because it, it paints this overall picture in the Premier League as a whole that, You know, when it comes to transfer decisions like this, a lot of times sporting ability is trumping, you know, doing the right thing. And it's sending a message to survivors that, you know, violence against them is not taken seriously by the league. I really, that's how I really feel.
1: Well, and, and the example brought up in that thread by by Joel Wertheimer about about Deshaun Watson is is kind of the, the perfect example. We're learning more and more continually, even after the Cleveland Browns signed this guy, who is undoubtedly a massive talent, um and and you know a really good quarterback. We're learning more and more about the accusations against this person. And that's not one accusation. It's more than 20. Well, um, and, so. and,
3: and, and an interesting point about Deshaun Watson too. And, and I am a Houston Texans fan for those who don't know. Right. But that club is not perfect. That organization has its major, massive glaring flaws, but they sat his ass on the bench. Day one, this shit came up. Right. And said, you are no longer welcome at this organization and immediately found a way out. Like why is Tottenham, doing this is like, like what I keep coming back to, you know, it just, I, I don't understand it. Like Deshaun Watson, second or third best quarterback in the league. And that is like a position that has way more impact than any position I could point out on a soccer field. It's like not comparable, right? Sad his ass down, unacceptable, pack your bags, you're gone. Right. Um, I just don't get it.
2: You're right, Scott. It's, it's like, why did the club even do this? It's an unforced error in my eyes. And I think, you know, fans are going to remember that this happened.
0: And so, again, I, I, and we are all on the same team. I want that to be very clear. And my, like, again, my two shoulder friends here, I say that, and like, okay, Daniel Levy is not going to take a 40 million pound risk. He's just not going to do
2: it. Can I, I push back a- on that, though? Because yeah. I've had a lot of people saying this in my Twitter mentions this week. And I think people sometimes underestimate that powerful men make decisions around other powerful men when they think it will benefit them. And that's, that's sadly just the truth. So we can't, I don't think we can yeah. safely assume
0: I, I I hear that. Um, I, I think, so The the second thing that I think of is Antonio Conte has kind of, curated this dressing room to be what he wants it to be. And I'm not sure he would bring in someone that he thinks is going to be a disruptive force into it. Again, Caroline, that goes right back to your point though. You know, if if Daniel Levy and Antonio Conte are making this decision based on football ability only, and maybe there was some sketchy stuff that came back when they did their due diligence and they're saying, you know, this is going to help us win football games and they did it anyway. I've got a massive issue with that. However, if this stuff that is, that Eve Basuma is being accused of doing, if he didn't do it, then he deserves a career to go on and do exactly what, play the game that he's worked his whole life for. And I, I think where I differ from, from you guys is I, I'm doing my best to kind of leave room for both. I'm sitting the fence and, and, Maybe that's the wrong thing to do, um, but I, 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 you have to, you, you categorically, categorically have to believe women, and I believe her that something happened, and I'm, I'm leaving room for, for Eve to, to be innocent in this, and
2: yeah, I'm,
0: I, I, he- I'm, I'm in two minds about it, and it, it has been so heavy on my heart for the last, last week,
2: and I hear you that, you know, nobody wants to. In this guy's career you know for nothing i just i feel like the club should not be signing him until we know that he is not being charged well
3: yeah well said and i think that i'll tell you guys as i was writing this letter to the club yesterday and i told dakota this like i had a moment where i'm like holy shit like this could really like in theory probably not but in theory derail this guy's career like this letter that i'm about to send and i was like you know what taking a stand against violence against women is way more important than like he's already fine he's played in the premier league he's got lots of money like it's okay like we need to we need to be focused on the bigger issue here right it's like kind of the internal dialogue that i had with myself and then i sent a letter right but like i get it and that's where i say it's so nuanced like he could be a swimmingly wonderful guy like i don't know you know i just want to know before we sign him
0: yeah Um, and he so he he the condition that he's been released on is meant
3: to replace bail
0: because that could be just like an endless cycle. That's so, so much paperwork. And it, it, cause you, if you're released on bail, you have to come back to the police station every two weeks. But if you're released, you know, under investigation, like he is basically you're free to go, but they could bring you in at any point. If they find anything else that links you to anything. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it, it's a really like, like you said, it's so nuanced, you know, he, I, he's basically been let go, but they're still holding on to this. Like if we can, if we find anything, we're going to bring you back. And that's, I think the big thing that is, that's what's holding me up is they didn't just say, all right, you're good bounce. It's like, okay, you still kind of, there's a reason that he's been released like this. And I really don't like that.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, I think that there's an important, um, thing that, that not, not everyone in the, and I'm not calling us media here. Don't, 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 I'm not going to get over out over my skis on that, but everyone in the media or everyone in the, the punditry column or people who do podcasts or write blogs, I think there's an important thing that not enough of them say very often. And that is, I don't know. Everything has to be yes or no. Everything has to be, this is the best thing ever, or it's trash. And every once in a while we have to be comfortable saying, I'm not sure about this. I'm gonna wait to see how it plays out. Um, and I think I think, to, I think that, that speaks to Dakota's point where I want to let this play out and there's the you know the dual devil and angel on the shoulders. And I also think it speaks to to the point that I think that Scott and Caroline are trying to make here, whereas I wish the club would have done that too. I wish the club would have waited for this thing to play out and see. Now, obviously, there's some constraints on that because, you know, the the footballing world has transfer windows and there's literally deadlines on these things as to when they can happen. But I think it's just important for us all to, rather than be all rah rah and this is the this, this is another one for 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 Daniel Levy and and for Fabio Paratici and you know let's go Spurs like wow what a summer window we're having. Or completely on the other side of it, as this is the worst thing that the club could have ever done. Because I don't, I, I don't quite think it's that either. I think there's, I think there's a gray area, and I think we all need to be very comfortable with knowing that there's gray area, acknowledging that there's gray area, and allowing there to be gray area, um, because otherwise, what are, we're just all going to run to our corners and point at the other side and say you're the, you're the wrong one, I'm the right one, and that's, that's not, that's, you know not not to get on the moral high horse here but that's that's the world we live in it has way yeah. too much of that
0: i so i'm i feel like i'm in that gray area and i'm very uncomfortable yes and i think i'm supposed to be
1: yes i i, I totally agree with you dakota i think that's wh- i think we're supposed to be uncomfortable with saying i don't know i'm uncomfortable with it i'm i'm right where you are i i, I lean a little bit to i don't think the club should have done this but also i don't know if this guy ha- had anything to do with this. So I don't know. I don't know the answers. That's where I sit. I, I am firmly in the, I don't know. And I know that everyone, everyone of our listeners comes to the Tottenham Depot for all the answers. I know that we try to provide all the answers all the time. Um, but I am here to tell you, we, I'm sorry, we don't have them. We don't have the answers. Uh, I'm just going to say, I don't know. And we're going to let this play out. And let the reactions play out. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm sure there will be a lot of really, really poor reactions. There will be a lot of dumb shit said over the next few weeks about this. um, And we're just all going to have to, I guess, ignore it or hope to ignore it or do our best to react in a sane and rational manner. Hopefully we can all manage to do that because I don't have the answers. None of us have the answers. We all kind of have to be a little bit more comfortable with living in that uncomfortable gray area and, seeing what happens um i don't have the answers to that we're gonna put that to bed and and i don't even think we need to have an, an on-field conversation about basuma do we we on field i think we think it's a good signing but again none of us really i, I think we care but it's not the it's not the important thing it's not what we want to talk about um what we do have answers to hopefully is some questions that we got in the mailbag this week and we're going to open up that mailbag uh right now and and talk about it because um we we got some funny ones um i want to just a a horrible transition but i I want to start because we need to lighten this thing up a little bit um let's start we got a tweet from spursy dave he wants to know scott and this i think is just a perfect question for you more than anyone else who would win in a fight daniel levy or gunner soros Oh,
3: God. I've actually not seen the mailbag question, so these are live for me. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> fuck me, man. I mean, I don't think I can say Gunnersaurus as much as I'm inclined to. Um, I have to say Daniel Levy, but I don't think it would be like anything worth watching. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs>
1: I don't think Daniel Levy in a fight is 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 anything that anyone would want to watch. Yeah, like, I don't clear. think
2: we could sell out the stadium for this particular fight.
3: No, yeah. it would not be. It would not be.
1: A, <laughs> uh, no, it would not be a revenue maker for Daniel Levy.
3: Oh God, I would imagine. Well, I mean, we can. We all know Gunnar would run a. Um, uh, well and, damn done well uh, damn done. and i imagine levy would try to negotiate a buyout of some of some <laughs> sort it would be funny
1: have have any of you ever worn any kind of a mascot costume before <laughs> dakota
3: yeah
0: I, so i was i was my uh the college that i am about to graduate uh, from uh i was the mascot for the women's basketball team for a year it was awesome. And what was the uh, costume
1: that you had to wear? Was it like a like a gunner sword so thing? Or? No.
0: So so we were we're the Buccaneers over here in East Tennessee with a river that runs through several hundred, like fifty miles away. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're the Buccaneers. So it was a pirate costume, but like not costume, like full foam head everything. It was a baseball helmet that they had glued the thing around. It smelled so bad. Even the backup one smelled so bad. Uh, really tough to see even harder to breathe. Um, so no, Gunnosaurus would run, but he wouldn't get very far. because He'd probably pass out.
1: when I was in high school, I spent a few games as the mascot for our high school. I don't even remember what sport it might've been women's basketball. I think there was actually a volleyball game that I did, um, which is a little wild to have a mascot at a volleyball game. Um, but we were the Patriots and it was literally just like an old school, like, Almost like you would think of like the old Boston Patriots, like the, like the New England Patriots have, but it was just like a, a colonial type of uniform with an oversized head. So it was just me in an oversized, and you basically look through the the chin slash teeth of the smiling patriot. So you're just wearing this big oversized head and kind of wobbling all around the place. But the rest of it is just you're dressed. It's it's you. You're just dressed in a, a like a colonial type outfit with an oversized head, and that was um, awkward. To say the least, it was very and and the head is heavy and got warm and um I really just did it for 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 shits and giggles because I thought it would be funny and it indeed was that so um I, I enjoyed that and you all can now uh you know do your worst to to Photoshop that or whatever whatever else you want or better yet Photoshop Dakota in a in a Buccaneers costume I think that's even better or I think the the, the real proper thing to do is to to Photoshop Scott as Gunnersaurus but. Um, I'll just leave that to to all of the 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 web folks out there. Um let's go to this one here from Dilly. Uh what athletes from professional sports in the US do you think would be good at soccer? This is an interesting one because he 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 brings up the example of LeBron James would probably be good in the air, but you know, he wants he wants they want more random ones. Um, you know, my immediate thought was like, well, Steve Nash, he doesn't play anymore, obviously, but like obviously he's coys and he grew up around soccer, um, but who's, who's got one for this?
2: Yeah, I've got one outside of like the big four sports. Go ahead. Um, I'm a big figure skating fan, and I immediately thought of the American figure skater Jason Brown. Uh, you know, figure skaters, they have to do these churns on a dime, so I can just see him having that perfect on a dime cross. His dribbling would be insane. And he's actually known as being one of the most creative skaters for his like artistic component, um, in his program. So he, you know, he would bring that creativity to the midfield.
1: I had not thought about a figure skater, but that is actually a really good call. Any kind, I feel like any figure skater with their salt would have the footwork and the capability to be good on a soccer pitch.
0: Caroline, that's very creative. I'm far less creative because I just have a practical mind. It's Odell. Odell Beckham would be an incredible mm. soccer player and would just just score so many goals. He'd be he'd be the perfect ten to just, or maybe even box the box. He could probably run all day and just whip in a nice cross. I don't. I think his defending would probably be trash though. So maybe maybe you want him on the wing. But well, with a name Odell like
2: that, is, yes. he could definitely score a free kick. I feel like. <laughs>
1: I want True. Odell. I want Odell Beckham to just get his his ACL repaired and get healthy, and then sign with the Ravens. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but go go ahead, Scott.
3: I the the one that comes to mind, and it's obviously probably Texan centric, but JJ Watt at center back, I think could could do a good oh, job. What a great, call. Uh, yeah, that his that'd be the he, one. He'd be
0: great.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah his wife, his, his wife
1: plays for Chicago, right? mm
3: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Just a beast in the box. I can't imagine anybody would be able to, to win a ball if he's if he's a center back. So,
1: oh, that's so good. I had not even thought of like 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 bigger guys like you know who who are who are also you know fleet of foot because you have to be fleet of foot obviously. But mm. um, God, that's really
3: good. That's I really really well, thank enjoy you, that man. One. That's the most praise I've ever gotten from you.
1: Well, don't get used to it because that's where it ends right there. Um, let's let's go to another one from Dilly. I really like this one and it's it also brings up something that i didn't get to talk about last week on the podcast that i really want to uh he, they want to know what u.s announcers do we need to hear call a either u.s men's national team match or a premier league game uh he, they add could you imagine doc emmerich or dick vital first of all no i could not imagine either of those um secondly we did not get to to talk about the fact that for u.s coverage on nbc slash usa slash peacock next year we no longer get Arlo white because Arlo uh, white Arlo white took the bag from the Saudi Arabian government and went and joined the live golf tour and for anyone who is does not follow me on Twitter you know my feelings about the live golf tour and I would obviously rip Arlo white apart for that but the man secured his bag and congrats to him um he's gone
0: and what's the positive part of this, Andrew? Yeah, go ahead. To to go about?
1: ahead. Dakota, go ahead, Dakota. The positive is
0: the man, the myth, the legend himself, Peter Drury.
1: Yeah, Let's Peter go. Drury. Peter hey, Drury Pete. In, I think that's a, I think that's a good transfer, honestly, for us, uh, us-based Premier League coverage. Can Peter I just Drury say, has made though... me cry before. It's incredible.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> well, I I would have rather been rid of Lee Dixon personally. He's the one that really <laughs> annoys me.
3: The worst. <laughs> the worst
2: but if we're bringing in a commentator from another sport i think that mike breen could do a solid job um Ooh. of the goal you know announcing a goal
1: bang yeah you would just hear bang
2: <laughs> he a goal could just say bang i would be fine with that <laughs> I, I mean
1: honestly it's it's one of the best I, I heard a really good podcast uh shout out to the press box pod uh which is on the ringer podcast no My, uh, no 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 free ads, but Mike Breen was on the press box pod earlier this week, and it was a really good interview. So if you're interested in more Mike Breen content, because Caroline, that's a really good answer, and it was one of the ones I had. Um, really, really good stuff from Mike Breen. I do like that one. My answer for this, I, I'm gonna shout out the fact that this guy is unfortunately a gunner. Um, but mm. Kevin Brown, who is the local who, who is the local Orioles play by baseball play-by-play guy. Um, but also does a lot of stuff for ESPN. He does does a lot of college basketball. He does the uh, women's college softball for ESPN as well. Really versatile, really good, really knowledgeable, has a good cadence, I think would do a really good job. The only problem is that he's an Arsenal fan, so we we would all have to hate him for that. But otherwise, he's a really good dude.
3: For For
0: me, it's the guy. This guy is very divisive. People split opinions. People love love his calls or hate him. Uh for me it's Gus Johnson. He's the, the college football guy for Fox. Yeah. He gets he gets so hype. Uh, and I would just love to bring that that energy. Didn't didn't
1: Gus Johnson do some soccer for Fox in the past few years?
0: I don't know, but if he did, I need to find the video.
1: I could be wrong about that, but I thought I feel like I have some recollection of him doing soccer for Fox for, for Fox sports over the last few years. I I need
0: him to be Martin Tyler's color guy right now (laughs) because the monotone is just not doing it anymore.
1: (laughs) Soccer's really interesting because you, you have to, it's not as fast paced as obviously basketball or hockey, but it's also not as slow as baseball. You need that in between where you can have conversation like you would in baseball, but you need to be able to be there in the moments where the play, the pace picks up like you do in basketball and hockey. So I feel like there's there needs to be a hybrid voice there.
3: I honestly, I don't know anyone you guys just said, and I don't know what that says, but <laughs> the only two that I'm interested in seeing are are Shaq and Charles. And that's oh. literally the only two that I'm interested yes. in. I think that as as any American-based media company understands the need for viewership. And if you put those two on a soccer match the entire country will watch. Um and so yeah if anyone's interested DSM spurs DMs are open. I know those guys well enough to maybe line something up for you but let me know.
1: To to to, to throw another one on top of of Caroline's suggestion with Mike Breen, I also think Doris Burke would be a great call Ooh, because yeah. of the because of the basketball Ooh. nature Dor- and and also Doris Burke is just incredible. Um I think she could call anything. Um, but no, th- I think Dilly's suggestion of Doc Emmerich or Dickie V, I feel like those guys are too fast-paced and too hype. Mm. I-, I almost think Gus Johnson's a little too hype, but I think he could slow it down enough to be I able to do could. soccer. Um, Give me Tony Romo. Give me Tony Romo. Tony Romo Joe would be Buck. too busy trying to predict God, everything that happened before it happened, so I don't know that that would work I think Joe Buck's
3: done soccer, actually, and it was not good. Sorry, Joe. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Um, Joe Joe Ooh. Buck
1: also secured the bag, but in a completely mm. different way. <laughs>
3: Yeah. We
2: could also try to get Clint Dempsey into doing commentary yes. and not analysis. I feel like that Throwing would be him. perfect. It'd be way
0: better with Charles and Shaq. And, and yes. 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 Uh, that's the dream trio right there.
1: Yeah. As long as Clint wore a leather jacket and sunglasses the whole time, I would actually be okay with that. Yeah. I just you know, and I just yeah. want like a little camera of him in the corner to be able to look at him the whole
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew, uh, what about what about for you, man? Anyone that's not that's not like a sports announcer like what about just like an american media personality i mean that's
1: that's interesting i don't know i feel like you would have to know have to have a cadence of sport to be able to to jump in i'm trying to think of just another like if there's a morning show person maybe like someone like jake tapper questions man someone like jake tapper i feel like has enough knowledge of sport but is also Mm -hmm. not in that realm um or you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want like Chuck. T- I'm going. I'm going immediately to like political commentators for some reason. I wouldn't want Chuck Todd or anyone like that on it. Um, Chris Saliza. I think he's a Spurs fan, but he's also a big, big dork. So no, I'm, I'm out on that. I think. I think Jake Tapper is like the perfect happy medium uh, for yeah. that kind of thing. But I, I don't know. I, I, I you you did you did test me there though.
0: Give, give me this. Give me the Stadio guys.
1: Oh yeah, they're Again, shouting out other podcasts is all we're doing here, which is completely. They fine. deserve
2: it. They get that.
3: They, they <laughs> yeah. never heard of them. They Sorry. do.
1: They do. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta get Scott a little more cultured here. Uh, we have to. We have to introduce him to some of the broadcasters that he's hearing call these games that, or he just happens to listen to all these games on mute or something. I don't know.
3: Um, let's go.
1: Let's. Yeah, that's true. You're 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 playing while watching. Let's dip back into this mailbag because that was a that was a good one that that. that uh, Got us some some good conversation. Let's go to our boy Reed Reed Simpson. Uh, who is the dream Champions League group? Could it be could could be a group that you think would be winnable, or a group of teams that you think would be fun to play, or just a combination of the two? I actually haven't even prepared for this question, so I'm going to rely on you guys to to know even who's in the Champions League. But um, who's who's got some answers? Just just start throwing teams out. Obviously, you don't you don't get anyone from England uh, well, in the group stage, but.
2: Andrew, I have to admit, I actually did prepare for these questions. Oh, good, and good. Uh, no, I missed this one. I don't oh, know no. what happened.
1: <laughs> I think it was sent I think so, this one was sent directly into the group chat.
2: Oh no. Okay. So the only the only answer I have to this question off the cuff is not Bayern Munich for the sake of my heart.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. We true. would not want that. We would not want that. Um I I just I just pulled up the teams. I think okay, um, Yeah, I, I did too. Okay. I think that I think that Salzburg would be fun. Um, you
2: think that they can be wily speaking from <laughs> I said fun. I said fun.
1: Not e- I said fun. Not easy. Um, I, You know, Frankfurt could be entertaining. They they were, of course, the Europa League winners. Um, We all know that it's going to be inter because of everything going on right now. Just the 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 intertwining of Tottenham Hotspur and inter are, you know, it would be completed if they got placed in the same group. Um, right. Got pot my
0: answers. Tier, right? we're yeah, right. pot two yeah so all right from pot one i would take uh i would take ac milan from pot three pot two is us obviously pot, pot three give me brush dortmund we've had some epic champions league games and they right have here. they have been epic i would want to
1: i would want to bring Jan on back to face dortmund but yes
0: uh, and you know what? Pot four, give me Celtic. Let's have a little little reunited uh, match with with Cameron Carter vickers after you got shipped out, and finally getting some game time. <laughs> so that that's my dream. That's my dream group right there: AC Milan for the history, uh, Russia Dortmund again for the vibes, uh, and then Celtic for the fun. That's also a winnable group. Let's be honest. Well, we let's be
1: honest. Any any group is winnable if you win all your games. Like let's let's oh. just let's just call okay, it okay that. <laughs> that's what they got to do anyway so
0: somebody write that out and tape that above the door frame
1: believe baby believe <laughs> no i like i said i didn't look at the pots for this but there are a lot of interesting teams and yes for for Caroline's sake we would like to avoid at all costs Byron. um would is 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 iax a possibility or are they in the same pot because like
0: uh, iax is pot
1: 1 Okay, well, let's avoid that at all costs because there's probably karmic um, things that would go on there. Um, I don't know. There, there's there's certainly – I am interested in, in in this, and maybe it's something that we can dive into as we get a little bit closer to the Champions League draw. But
2: I will say I'm looking at the pots now. I feel like Bayer Leverkusen would be a great opponent because they never turn up in tournaments. Mm-hmm.
3: Big truth. Wow. Speaking of which, God, I was going to say – I wonder
1: catching strays on the top. Uh,
3: There's a reason
2: they're called ah. never uh,
3: <laughs> Honestly, I can't find the pots. I'm frantically googling, but I'll just say, right, I this. got you. No, we'll no, do no. it, it doesn't even matter, dude. Because anyone, anything that sets us up for city, fucking bottlers, just that's all that matters. You just get yes, us uh, into the knockouts against city, they'll bottle it. Tottenham wins the Champions League, baby. Let's go. That's my prediction right there is we're winning the Champions League. Wow, Scott! It
1: it's so unlike you to predict something so bold. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that. Uh, not uh, Andrew, say,
3: yeah, you're,
0: Andrew, Andrew, you're interested in this. Let me. It's this could be really fast. Okay, pot one. Who would you take from Real Madrid, Eintracht Frankfurt, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, PSG, Porto, Ajax? Frankfurt. Cool. Pot two. We're in. Uh, pot three. Um, since you picked a German team, can't pick a German team. So it'd be Salzburg. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter, Napoli, Sporting, from Portugal. That's it. Uh,
1: it, it, Inter for the hilariousness, but actually Shakhtar.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then, so there's a bunch of playoffs that still have to happen. So we don't have all of the teams for for pot, uh, really pot three or four, depending. So Club Brugge, Celtic, or Marseille?
1: Uh, Marseille would be fun get a get a get a get a french farmers league team in there like that nothing wrong with that <laughs> their uh, stadium
2: who, is really intense though I who knows maybe that. they. maybe
1: maybe maybe someone like Tangi and has been pawned off on marseille by that time and and we can go go uh, run run circles around him or something who knows mm-hmm. that would be fun course, uh, i want to close out on i want to close out on this question from ben from tennessee um Tottenham plays Barry Manilow's Can't Smile Without You in the stadium right before kickoff. Uh, First of all, do we love or hate it? And if we hate it, what song would we pick to pump up the crowd right before kickoff? I will go on the record as saying, I don't hate it, but I'll still pick another song. And we all know what artist I'm going to pick from. uh, And it would be ridiculous, but it would be hilarious if they played Ready For It by Taylor Swift because that song has a great intro to it and is really fun.
2: Aren't we supposed to be pumping people up? Like, I'm sorry to Taylor and to Barry Manilow, but like what?
1: The disrespect (laughs) of of those two music legends will not stand on the Tottenham Depot. Uh,
0: I would say it would be a lot cooler if everyone knew the words and actually sang along instead of like 40% of the crowd yeah um but so because that doesn't happen i think you've got to switch it up and uh because i'm such a sucker for keeping things local just find an adele song that is somewhat upbeat
2: how about like rolling in the deep i feel like that one's got some energy to it it could
1: you know I, i feel like there's not enough adele songs that are I don't think you have to go like sandstorm with the with the pre show with the pre match thing here. But we
2: could, we could. could.
1: I that one. (laughs) You you could, but I think you need to go like close to sandstorm. And there's not like that's why I picked ready for it because it's like not quite there. But but like I don't know that there's an Adele song that fits that. But I I like where your head is at on it. I to your point about everyone singing along. I think that's what, and I hate praising Liverpool for anything, but I think that's what what makes You'll Never Walk Alone so cool.
3: Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, I can't think of anything but
1: Scott would just want like some really like mellow reggae music to be playing. Yeah, I would,
3: mean, man. I like a good reggae playlist in the gym for a good run. I would go with reggae to be honest, <laughs> I would, but it's not conducive to most if any others. So <laughs> If any of our say... listeners had any
1: peek into our group chat at any at any point in time, they would just know like once a day <laughs> Once a day, Scott drops in a uh, part of his Spotify playlist, um, you know, of of reggae music or whatever he's listening to, and I have never heard of any of the songs that he has ever put in the group chat. Like, As I've ever. told many
3: people, I tweet. And we're all talking those songs. years now of this. You have missed an incredible amount of really great songs. So I, I, look, I'm not, I'm sure not saying. Song. I'm that's not saying problem that is.
1: Yeah, look, man, I'm not saying that I am in the right for that. I'm just I'm admitting <laughs> a fault here. But uh, I've never heard of any of the songs that you've ever put in the group chat. So that's where you're at. Well,
2: well every few weeks, Andrew and Dakota turn into Taylor Swift stands. So wait, wait, no, that's a
1: constant. That's, that's not everything. We we stay there.
3: We just feel like out. it. Andrew <laughs> loves Swift. Yeah. No, man. I I would say though, I would I would sing. I would have them sing the Sissoko song. <laughs> oh, musa can you just imagine I, the whole stadium i and can then,
1: honestly not imagine it <laughs> and
3: then the shelf side could go oh musa dembele and then the park side could go oh musa sissoko and then sissoko and dembele come out of the tunnel oh fuck let's go be sick
1: <sighs> i i honestly right. can... <laughs> go ahead
0: because... who's, who's uh send off game are you are you? Are we at right now for these? Two oh, this is events?
3: for the Champions yeah. League final. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man,
1: which is being played in Istanbul, right?
3: Yeah, probably. I don't mark, know. Mark, 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 yeah, mark, yes,
1: mark that it, yes, on your calendars. Is. I guys, I can honestly think of no better place to end this podcast on Scott singing the Musa's Sissoko song. Um, wow, just not the answer I expected, or really even wanted. But I'm still glad I got it um this has been a joy to to podcast with you guys today uh we will be back next week with uh whatever else happens in the world of tottenham hotspur lord knows they're gonna provide us with something because they provided us with plenty this week uh and we managed to squeeze in some mailbags send us some more Fill, fill the mailbag back up because we emptied part of it but there's still we, we created a little bit of room in there. There's still some we didn't get to, and we will hope to in the future, um, but we, we there's some more room in there now that we have uh, emptied it out a little bit. So fill that mailbag back up, um, and you know, be sure to leave us a rating and review. Be sure to follow us at Tottenham Depot on the socials. Get us on Twitter. Get us on Instagram. Get us on TikTok. Dakota's working hard on the TikToks. Uh, Put oh, another one up trash. there this week. Yeah, he's, 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 he's doing work, so go appreciate that um for you for all of you youngsters out there who are in the TikTok world go go enjoy the content that we are providing for you there uh dakota is at dakota j booth you can follow him there caroline is at cg stepka you can follow her there scott is at dsm spurs you i guess can go follow him there maybe he'll sing you a song um lord knows i hope he does uh you can follow me at a you can do that on twitter as well and again follow us at tottenham depot drop us a line drop us a mailbag question and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app of choice until next week this has been the tottenham depot podcast as always come on you spurs thank you so much for stopping by the tottenham depot thanks to scott bird for our intro music as well as the tunes you are hearing right now thanks to dakota booth for our artwork Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on you Spurs.